Santa Claus. No. It's the Christmas star. And that's all that matters tonight. Not bonuses or gifts or turkeys or trees. See, kids, it means something different to everybody. Now I know what it means to me. That ain't the friggin' Christmas star, Grizz. It's a lighter in the sewage treatment plant. Sewer gas. Don't drop that! Okay, this will be the 12 eye pieces of Christmas on episode 285 of the Actual Astronomy Podcast. I'm Chris, and joining me is Shane. We are amateur astronomers who love looking up the night sky, and this podcast is for anybody else who can always find room for one more eyepiece in the case. Gotta love that uh, Christmas vacation. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> this is like our Christmas spectacular, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's the right time of the year to have a talk about eyepieces, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I got to do people. a... Sh- oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I got to do a shout out to Tom. He, uh, Tom was our, our guest back in uh, early November talking about uh, amateur telescope making. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's one thing when amateurs get together and they start talking eyepieces and gear, it always seems like more eyepieces and gear and more eyepieces and gear show up. So after our conversation and, and we were, uh, we were singing the praises of the Pentax eyepieces, Tom has gone out and bought a seven millimeter Pentax uh, XW. He's, he's given one a good home. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, hopefully uh, he enjoys it. Uh, I think that's one of the better ones in that lineup, isn't it? I, I, I think so. I think, yeah, the seven millimeter, the 10 millimeter, I think um, these ones are sort of the uh, the flagship uh, items. I, I like them all. I have them all except for the 30. And uh, I think the 3.5 millimeter for me is is the next one. I use that way more than I ever thought I would. I got it on a super cheap sale and, and oftentimes that one goes under the radar because it is a really high power eyepiece, but it's excellent for those really good nights. And then I uh, bought the five millimeter last year. And like I said, I own the other ones. I think, I think they're all good. Sometimes they have a little bit of a bad rap because the, uh, there can be some edge distortion, but my mm-hmm. eye edge distortion is already pretty bad. So I think they're, they're really good for me anyway. Yeah. And, and some of that edge distortion, um, you know, if you're not using like a, a fast telescope, it's, uh, sometimes not even noticeable on, you know, slower refractors or Cassegrains or Maxudovs. So it, it also depends a little bit on the instrument you're using for a telescope, but, uh, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Tom will love it. I have a bit of a public service announcement to read first before we okay. get going. That's, we'll go for it. Well, look, everybody, we're really busy around the holiday season, but I recently saw a photo from the inside of a telescope store and it breaks my heart to see all these little eyepieces looking out from the display. So I hope uh, I've made a good case here. And, and if you can, please consider giving an eyepiece a good home this Christmas. <laughs> uh, thanks for that passionate plea, Chris. <laughs> You're doing good things in this world. Doing good work. Good <laughs> yeah. work, you know. Just just trying to do my part, Shane. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. All right. All right. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna go through, we're gonna do the 12 eyepieces of Christmas. Eyepieces that we own, eyepieces that we want to own. Maybe I should have put one in for eyepieces that they should make. Oh. <laughs> that would yeah. have been good. Yeah, yeah. I certainly have a wish list there. All right. So so maybe out of all your eyepieces, Shane, what is like your 
your sort of medium power or workhorse eyepiece. This is the eyepiece that that always sees some some starlight or moonlight or planet light. What is what is kind of that eyepiece that no matter what? Because you know we think of the low power eyepiece as well. The low power they work pretty good at a dark sky, but when you're in your backyard, not as much. And then uh, the super high power eyepieces they're they're real fun to have, but you need the really good seeing conditions mm -hmm. to use. But what's like that medium power eyepiece that uh, that you're always going to be putting in the telescope each night. Yeah, great question. Um, when as we go through this list here of the the twelve eyepieces of Christmas, I think I'll give two points of view on a lot of them, which is <laughs> well, because be I'm the twenty four eyepieces. Yeah, well, you know yeah. what? We should have done that because we're Canadian and we should have done the two four eyepieces of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Um, my my perspectives though will be you know mono viewing and then bino viewing because uh, in some cases it's a little bit different for me. So if I'm mono viewing, uh, what I love for my medium power is my Leica Aspheric Zoom. It covers the range from 8.9 millimeter to like 17.8 or something like that. So certainly in that medium power range, and I can dial that in for whatever I want. Mm -hmm. um, you know the eye relief is wonderful. Um, it's I, I think at 17.8 millimeters, it's around 60 degrees uh, field of view. Um, but as you increase or as you um, decrease the focal length down to that 7 point or 8.9 or 7.9, whatever it is, uh, it gets closer to like 82 degrees or something right around there. So mm -hmm. uh, I love it for medium power. Uh, but if I'm bino viewing, then it's the Nikon 14 millimeter uh, SW navs. Uh, they do see a lot of use uh, in the bino viewer. And well, they will. Uh, prior to that, it was the 13 millimeter Naglers, um, which did see an awful lot of use in the bino viewer. Hmm. How about yourself? It's it's got to be the twelve point five millimeter Doctor eighty four degree simply because I think it's my most expensive eyepiece and I better use it since <laughs> I bought it. No buyer remorse. Must use it. No, no buyer remorse in that one. And and I know it's a it's a somewhat of a controversial eyepiece. It's it's one of those eyepieces that you either love it or you just don't. Mm -hmm. um, and and for me though, it works really well because. Um, I like the focal length. It really gives nice power in all of my equipment. And then as well, it's, uh, it's about the most wide, uh, of my wide fields because I wear glasses. I can't really get into those hundred, uh, degree wide fields, which, which I otherwise would like to, I think. Um, so this gives me 84 degrees, which is, which is getting pretty close. And then as well, it is so comfortable to use. I have the, uh, what do you call it? The eye guard rolled down permanently and uh, I can get my eye in there. And it's not, it's not really picky on eye placement. So the, uh, the doctor 12 and a half millimeter, like when you come up to it, it's just like coming up to like a, like a painting or something. And the painting doesn't distort or do weird things as you move your eye towards it. Um, the image is just held there and it's really nice. Cause when I'm sketching and I'm going back and forth at the eyepiece, if, if it's hard to obtain that image, uh, just the light cone basically coming into my eye, it, it really is difficult and can kind of be headache inducing. But yeah, the 12 and a half millimeter. And then the thing that I use a lot with this eyepiece, sort of strangely enough, is Barlow's. I sometimes will go out with a wide field, this eyepiece and three Barlow's. I'll use a 1.6, a two, and I'll use a three X. Um, so 1.6 Nikon. 
uh, and two and three X um, Teleview Barlow's with it. And that's often all I need for the night. That gives me just about every power you could ever want to have at the eyepiece with simply uh, two eyepieces and, and three Barlow's. And I can probably put all of those eyepieces in a large pocket. So it's not a lot of gear to take with me. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, you know, a very versatile way to go. Yeah. So what is your Lord of the low power in your eyepiece case, Shane? What, uh, what's your, cause you have, you have a different perspective on low power eyepieces than I do. So I'm curious to hear what, uh, oh. what your favorite sort of low oh. power is. Cause you're in the city a little bit. So a little bit more, so you have a little bit different perspective there. Yeah. Yeah. And even for the medium power, I, I was contemplating saying, uh, my 12 millimeter Pentax, um, SMC orthos, uh, mm. they see a ton of use in the backyard. Um, and even some nights under dark skies, um, I, I really do like the orthos, but anyway, the low power Lord again, bino viewing, um, it's really hard to beat the 24 millimeter teleview panoptic. Um, they are wonderful eyepieces. They're great for bino viewing. You know, they're not that heavy. Um, they're fairly narrow casing. So if you have a narrow IPD, uh, they really don't interfere there. Um, and the eye relief is pretty good for eyeglass wearers. Uh, so I really like those a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, although I'm starting to warm up to the 25 millimeter Zeiss Opmi, uh, microscope eyepiece is mm -hmm. not as wide of a field, but I'm not sure I've looked through a sharper eyepiece in my life. They are just outstanding, but I, I need a little more time with them, uh, before I make that, uh, you know, that change of, of the number one low power Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, now if I'm mono viewing, I've got a few options, you know, I've got the 31 millimeter Nagler, I've got a 41 millimeter pan optic. Um, they're both quite heavy. Um, I really do like the pan optic a lot, but what I've started to carry more often is the, uh, 30 millimeter APM UFF. Um, it is just so flat. It's just perfectly sharp to the edges. The eye relief is great for me. And it's a very light eyepiece. Um, now you you lose a little bit of the field of view. It's a 70 degree eyepiece compared to the 82 or 84 degrees of the 31 Nagler. But um, the, the lightness aspect really is important for me because when I go from a, a Nagler, the 31 Nagler or the 41 Pan Optic to like say my Leica or whatever other eyepiece, I have to rebalance my telescope because mm -hmm. the, the 31 Nagler and the 41 Pan Optic are very heavy eyepieces. So what I found uh, that I do, like when I'm using the Nagler or the Pan Optic, I often don't switch it out that much throughout the course of the night because it's a pain to rebalance the telescope. Yeah. Uh, therefore, uh, I've started to use this APM UFF a lot more because it's more, um, more in line in terms of weighting, uh, to, you know, it's comparable to my other, you know, my Leica or my other eyepieces that I would use there. So, uh, I find that I'm able to, to switch out more often because it just works better as a system that way. So mm -hmm. those would be my choices. And, uh, I think I know where you're going, but I'll, I'll let I'll let you uh, I'll let you speak it. <laughs> so, sort of the same the same thing, just for for lightweight ease of use, and because um, often you know we're looking for a finder eyepiece because um, typically you know even though I have my my telescope set up, um, there's go to in it somewhere. I, I typically use it in manual mode and just switch on the tracking. Um, so I use a Masayama 32 millimeter, 84 degree as, as my finder eyepiece in that scope, because it's just so lightweight, so wide in many ways, it's very similar to the doctor, uh, 12 and a half. And, uh, 
you know, has essentially the same uh, wide field of view, and it's also very easy to look through. Um, so that's why I really like that eyepiece so much. And then the other eyepiece that I use for low power wide field is the 22 millimeter Nagler, which I've modified, of course. <laughs> I get a, the 22 Nagler wasn't good enough for me in the natural form. So I put like a, a retaining ring on it. So it will sit um, at a certain focal point in my uh, comic catcher as well as in my Takahashi 100 millimeter. Um, but unfortunately, because I've modified it, it doesn't work in my 60 millimeter anymore. So I'll have to get another one at some point in time, I guess, because I do really enjoy that as well, because the uh, the Nagler has about an 82 degree field of view, and it has um, very good uh, eye placement for eyeglass wearers as well. So that's sort of like a theme in my observing is that I need eyepieces that, uh, that I can use my eyeglasses with. Yeah, perfect. Shane, if you could own one set of budget eyepieces, what would they be? Hmm. What is my price limit per eyepiece? Well, I think we got to kind of, well, and prices vary quite a bit. So let's call it like a hmm. hundred, hundred US dollars or less. What would, what would you okay, sort of saddle up okay. to have, have full set though? You got, you can have a full set. Full set. Yeah. Okay. Uh, am I able to purchase these on the used market? Sure. They, okay. Uh, we'll, okay. We'll allow it. We'll allow it. Okay. Well, that's, um, well, that's an intriguing proposition. I think what I would end up going with is, um, a set of orthos now, probably the, the Takahashi orthos. I like the newer Abbey ones. Um, I've seen them go quite regularly around that hundred dollar price range, mm-hmm. uh, used on the buy EE, uh, site that we frequent. Um, but, uh, the other ones that definitely, uh, you know, w- would, would fit into this category are the older tack, uh, MC orthos that are, uh, 0.965 inch. Uh, you can get all of those for a hundred dollars ish. Um, they go from, I believe a five millimeter focal length up to 25 millimeter, and they cover a lot of, uh, focal lengths in between that. Um, the, the Abbey set is kind of neat because they have a 32 millimeter there, which is a fantastic eyepiece, but you know, truth be told, even on the used market that the 32 is probably going to be over the hundred dollar price limit. So, uh, probably the TAC MCs, I guess the, the 0.965 inch, uh, tax. I love those orthos. They're fantastic. I'm going to go with these ones. These ones may be, they may be pushing it in Canadian, but I've seen them for even as as uh, as little as sixty bucks, and that's the uh, they're called a Vixen SLV. And I've oh, always yes. wanted to, I've always wanted to try these. I've read a lot about them, and so if I just had to pick like a full set, even though I haven't tried these before, they have long eye relief, and they have uh, I think it's something like a fifty-five degree uh, field of view. So it's it's a fairly decent field of view. I hear they're pretty sharp and I hear the new ones. They've made some modifications. The first ones I think had, uh, had a, some people notice some shortcomings. I don't know if I would notice it, but, uh, they have modified them a little bit. And, uh, like I said, I think I've seen them for as little as like $60 USD. And it's one of those things where sometimes in certain price ranges, you can just sort of wait out a sale and really get something, uh, at a pretty good price. Yeah. You know, something else to just mention here that has caught my eye a little bit on cloudy nights. I don't even know the price, but Astrotech has some lines of eyepieces that get really good reviews. And I think they're like right around that hundred dollar mark. I've bought some of those. 
Oh, okay, okay. I, I have, yeah, and they are excellent uh, as well. I'm actually going to be using them here over, over the holiday season. I have used them in the past. I think they're called like an ED series or something like that. They have about okay. a 58 degree um, field of view. And yeah, I mean, those would be uh, right up there as well. Um, the only thing that I found a little bit with those is they weren't quite as as comfortable as I would want for like a permanent set for myself with my glasses on. Okay, cool. But they're cool. but they're good. They're 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 close. Mm -hmm. They're close. I just have, I think the SLVs were designed for the uh for the eyeglass wearers, but the mm -hmm. uh but those ones by Astrotech, um they are awesome. In fact, I was observing um Mars, the last Mars opposition. I made some observations with those because um I I had purchased them for uh, uh for my nephew and uh and I was giving them a run out before I before I sent them away to make sure they were all good. And they are awesome. Yeah, they're really good eyepieces for the money. I think they're less than the SLVs though. So for sure, like that's even getting more budget friendly. And I think if you were if you were in that uh, sort of super budget uh, realm, I think that's a perfect, perfect choice. Astrotech EDI pieces from Astronomics. Yeah, perfect. Favorite Zoom, Shane? Well, I have two. I have the Nikon MC2 Zoom, which was designed for a spotting scope. It's fantastic. It's super light, super sharp, but it has a narrow field of view. It's like 40 to 50 degrees, depending where you are in the, the focal range. Um, I like it, but my favorite is the, uh, the Leica Zoom that I already mentioned for my medium power workhorse. It's just outstanding. It's a great, great tie piece. It is a little heavy. You know, if there's mm -hmm. one complaint, it's that actually mm -hmm. two complaints, it's a little heavy and it's very tall. So mm -hmm. sometimes it makes observing at the, uh, eyepiece a little different, you know, you may have to adjust your chair cause it is, uh, gosh, I'd say it's five or six inches high. Like it's, yeah. it's a big eyepiece, but yeah, mm -hmm. love it. It's wonderful. Hmm. How about you? Same. Your uh, like a zoom eyepiece is my favorite zoom eyepiece that I've ever looked through. Yeah, no, it's it's so good. And uh, I I had wanted to try that eyepiece for so long. It's uh, it's fairly expensive. And in fact, you, by you buying that, then I was able to buy. I bought my doctor twelve and a half shortly after because I was. I was locked. I was just completely stuck over which one to get. I couldn't get both. Mm -hmm. And then I, uh, well, I just find that it's, it can be a bit redundant if we end up getting too much of the two sort of identical gear. It just sort of feels a bit wonky. So then when you get that, I was like, then I'm just going to buy the doctor and then I can, you know, have that experience when we're mm -hmm. observing together. Cause you typically will have it out. Like you even said, it's, it's a workhorse eyepiece for you. So it's rare that you would come observing without that. And, uh, certainly you've, you've let me had lots of views through that. And I think, uh, I think it, yeah, it's just a perfect and, and awesome eyepiece. Yeah, totally agree. Awesome. All right. Not a eyepiece necessarily, but I thought I'd say a mm. favorite Barlow. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, this is a good one to include in the list for sure, because um, there's some nights we we definitely get into some Barlow use. Um, so I have a few, or I don't even know, I've used a number of Barlows and Powermates and all that stuff over the years. Mm -hmm. uh, I have the uh, Bader VIP, which is a very modular Barlow, but my favorite is uh, no longer made. Um, oh. It's the uh, TMB 1.8 times Barlow that was released with the uh, Super Monocentrics back in the day. Okay. Now, with that being said, there's a caveat here. So it, it's an incredible Barlow. There's nothing like it. It's, it is the best I've ever used. Isn't it like a thousand dollars? 
Well, if you find one, yeah, you're going to spend a lot. I I got quite a deal on mine. I was nowhere near that. Um, the complaint with that I or with that Barlow is it is exceptionally heavy. Like the um, the casing that they used, it like it's machined so well. Like if you drop in um, like a, a monocentric eyepiece, which is also machined to a very high spec, it doesn't it doesn't just drop in. Like it takes a couple seconds for it to descend into the Barlow just because of how well the machine tolerances are. But anyway, with that being said, it's very heavy. And uh, if anybody is in the market for a high-end, amazing Barlow, uh, APM is doing a, a second run of these. They just announced it not long ago. Hmm. Um, and it's a very limited run. Like I want to say it's maybe 300 pieces they're making. Um, mm-hmm. And what they are, so you can buy just the Barlow element itself. Um, and I forget the price. It's actually not that bad. I didn't think considering, you know, the quality you're getting here. Yeah. I was thinking it was, uh, 325 American or something like that, if I'm recalling correctly. Could be. Yeah. And then, uh, they also sell, um, like it's a, I forget what, like a T2 adapter package or something like that, that basically, um, you would just buy that as well. You would screw this, uh, TMB 1.8 times Barlow objective into the bottom of it. And boom, you have a Barlow. It has the eyepiece holder and all that. And I think that was like another $50 or $75. Um, but anyway, if you're in the market for a high-end Barlow, buy that now, pre-order it. I think they're shipping it here early in January. Um, and I don't think you'll be disappointed um, because again, there's just, in my mind, there's nothing that beats it. So that certainly is my favorite Barlow. Nice. I'm going to go in the exact opposite direction and give you my my cheapest barlow or my least expensive barlow which is which has been my most used barlow over the years so keep that in mind mm-hmm. it's not the one i'm using the most now but over the years is the uh spears or and and instruments 1.6 x uh two inch barlow and uh, that's the one that has received the most use uh for a variety of reasons so this barlow uh can be had typically for about a hundred dollars us or Right now, I just looked it up. It's $118 Canadian, so it's not very expensive. However, it is um, an excellent Barlow. It's it's two inch. And the reason why I like that is that often what I'll do is I'll have my finder eyepiece, like my Masayama or whatever I'm using for my finder eyepiece. And then I can just sort of swap out my other eyepiece um, and and use a, uh, a one and a quarter inch eyepiece in the Barlow. Um, and then not have to futz around with the adapter inside the diagonal, which is sort of a bit of a pet peeve of mine. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but it's it it works so quite well. So oftentimes, um, I think like when we were first during uh, during our first like lockdown, I was observing with a low power eyepiece, and I was observing with my seven millimeter Pentax XW um, in that Barlow, uh, like almost every night because we had a whole pile of clear skies and we had Venus nice and high and such. And I did a lot of observing like that. And, and for the price, um, like if you factor in price and quality, I don't know that there's another Barlow out there as good as this one. And it's two inch too. So mm-hmm. it has some, some of this uh, flexibility because one of the things we were talking about this before, like with zoom eyepieces and such is that the eyepiece can stick out really far. And then if you're using just the one and a quarter inch adapter, and then anyway, it can have like this sort of funny form factor when you're using um, the Barlow in an adapter and then the eyepiece in that one and a quarter inch Barlow, 
but when you do it this way, it, it feels like it's a more solid thing, which is important when we're using like you and I are at observing with gloves on these nights and it, uh, and it works really well for that. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, can you buy that Barlow anymore? Oh New yeah. Or? Yeah, you can. You, you can. And I'm going to get to the advancement in that in a second. Mm. Okay. Cause, Cause there's, there is sort of exciting news for that. Um, so let's go to the next one and then we'll talk about that. So, sure. um, this is not an eyepiece either, but what is your favorite 1.25 adapter? So with our, with our telescopes, they're all set up for two inch eyepieces. So you need an adapter to uh, be able to use the one and a quarter inch eyepieces. So Shane, what is your favorite adapter to um, scale the uh, the eyepiece hole uh, to take one and a quarter inch eyepieces? I use the Bader click stops uh, across the board, you know, whether it's the two inch uh, visual back or the one in point, the 1.25 inch uh, adapter. Uh, I that's just what I have. And I, I quite like them. They, they work exceptionally well. So I went to buy those, uh, last year and I couldn't, they were cause like everything was sold out for, mm -hmm. for a long period of time. Um, uh, but I really needed to get, um, some new adapters. I, I had some old ones with like some brass screws and I really wanted that same kind of centering ability. And I also didn't quite want to pay as much. I just didn't have quite as much money available at the time. So I ended up picking up, um, on the recommendation of some folks on Clyde and Knights, the Antares Instruments Twist Lock which is, uh, it kind of incorporates a similar, but it's very different than the Bader. I don't want to make it sound like it's the same thing. And it's this um, machined steel and it basically turns and it, uh, and it grabs the eyepiece. And so I've been using that for the past year. Originally, what I thought I would do is buy those by by these type of adapters and then get the Baders later on. But I've been so happy with them. I was just like, I'm just sticking with these. I really love the Bader gear as well, but mm -hmm. the spear stuff, you know, it's made here in Canada. I, I've met Glenn Spears a, a few times. He's a really wonderful person and a really great optician. And uh, I just really, really like it. It also is threaded for filters. I don't know if the Bader is threaded for filters or not, but I can actually put like a two inch nebula filter on this and then drop my eyepiece in. And I don't have to worry about getting one and a quarter inch nebula filters. It's a pretty nice feature. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good uh, comment. Yeah, I believe the Bader ones uh, accept the two-inch filters as well. Cool. Yeah. So, so that's like another option if uh, if people are looking for something that's slightly less less expensive and uh, might be a little bit easier to get. And I was just looking online; they're widely available. And then the, the news that I'm sort of going to refer back to is that um, they did stop making the Interis, uh Instruments 1.6 two-inch Barlow, but then they re-released it and they combined the Antares twist lock with that Barlow. So it actually has that twist lock feature. It's a little bit different um, than just, just the regular twist lock, but uh, you can use your two inch eyepieces in that. And then you could also use this, this twist lock in a two. Um, and I'm not really into rebuying equipment. I always feel like that's just something I must have like just a flat out policy against doing that. I've only ever done that once before. I'm looking at it right now, which is the the wide scan, which came back out as the Massiama 32 millimeter. I have it sitting here, but uh, I'm probably going to do that eventually. I'm going to probably buy another Antares instrument 1.6x Barlow uh, just because I really like it so much. And now it has that twist lock and it probably has slightly better coatings. My one that I bought is like 25 years old and it's still in perfect condition. It's just 
I start thinking, I wonder if I should get the one with the better coding or the newer coding simply because I, I do use that uh, Barlow quite a bit. And now it has this twist lock feature. So it's like so many good combinations there all in one. I, I think that's a great recommendation. Yeah, no, that's good to know. Here's one. Here's one. I was thinking, what is your favorite lens cap system <laughs> on eyepiece? Because there's a lot of yeah, really bad lens cap designs. And I got to call this one out because this is an eyepiece and it didn't quite make my list here, but I kind of felt like if there was an honorable mention, it would be the Nikon um, 72 degrees or whatever they are. Cause I really love those eyepieces. I think they're small, they're light. They, they perform almost identical to the Pentax eyepieces. I just already have the Pentax eyepieces. So that's, that's what I have. Um, but they reimagined what eyepiece caps should be and came out with something worse. Um, it kind of <laughs> yeah. reminds me of like, if you were making a jock strap for an eyepiece, that's what it would be. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is a great analogy and it's a terrible design. I hate them, but, uh, you know, I don't think like owning the Nikons, I don't think I can adapt any other you know, cap to those, I have to use the ones that they provided and, and they're not a great, it's not a good system, but it's um, kind of like a flat thing. And then it's got a set of elastics that goes down to like a yeah. thing, like, like the bottom cap on it. It's sort of hard to describe and yeah. Yeah. And, and the reason I hate them. So like you, it, it, when you're putting the caps on a, a Nikon nav, you have to put the barrel into the cap first. And then, like you said, Chris, there's kind of elastics on either side that hold the top cap down. So then you slide the top cap over top of the, uh, like the main objective. But the issue is like, it just it doesn't work great, especially at night. And especially if you have gloves on and, and the way it's designed, it's very easy to basically drag your finger across the eyepiece oh, objective, yeah. which is terrible, right? So you, yeah. you really need to pay attention to capping those things, or you're going to have uh, fingerprints all over your glass. So yeah, not a great design, but a great eyepiece. So. I feel like the promotion for the, for those should have been, are, are, are you tired and unsatisfied with the way a regular eyepiece cap works? <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's yeah. an eyepiece cap. Like, yeah. it didn't need to be re reimagined. Um, when, many when I when I saw them ahead. come out, I was I thought they were cool. I'm like, oh, that looks really neat. It and does. When yeah. you actually use it, you discover not so neat. <laughs> it's like putting on little snowshoes on your eyepiece. It's just like really weird. Like, I don't know why they did it. So anyway, let's we're not here yep. to bash yep. other eyepieces. So <laughs> yeah. let's just. Let's just use our positive inquiry here. So, so what eyepiece or eyepieces do you have where the lens caps, they just work. It's, it's a good design. Yeah. You and I, I think might be kind of similar here. Um, so both the Nagler 31 and the Panoptic 41, I love the caps. And the mm -hmm. reason is, so you got a top cap and a bottom cap. And it doesn't matter if you reverse them, they both are interchangeable. So yeah. I love that aspect. You don't yeah. have to fiddle around in your pocket to find the barrel cap and then the objective cap, like they're both the same. So it just makes it easy. You, you said it, I think Teleview, they, at first, it, this is a weird thing is I didn't know this. I didn't know this was a thing with Teleview eyepieces. I've had other Teleview eyepieces um, that weren't set up like that. And when I bought my 22 Nagler this past summer, 
and it arrived, I would I really didn't like it. So this was one of those situations where they were ahead of where my mind was with it. I I kind of was like, why did they do this? Then soon as I started using it in the field, I was like, this is why this is a good design. They're not designing this to sell the eyepiece. They're designing it to use the eyepiece. And that's just smart. It was designed with the user in mind not like sales or marketing or anything. It's just a well-designed lens cap system by Teleview. And mm -hmm. they hit it out of the park. That's how people should design eyepiece caps. Yeah. I think if I remember correctly, the APM 30 millimeter UFF is the same. Top okay. cap and bottom cap are the same. Um, yeah, just as nice. I like It's that. smart. Why, why don't more manufacturers do that? You have one cap, you just make two of them, and then people can just use either one. It's just, that's just how it should be. Okay. All right. Let's go on. Um, eyepieces that you would make a leap of faith and spend maybe big money to buy, or maybe not, uh, without trying first. So do you have like an eyepiece that you've wanted to buy and that you probably will buy at some point in time, despite never having viewed through it, that uh, maybe costs a lot of money? Um, one eyepiece I would like to have that I probably will never buy now because I think the prices are ridiculous and it's hard to find is the Teleview Apollo 11 eyepiece. Oh. Um, I was, I like when they announced this eyepiece, which was a, a limited run eyepiece to celebrate, what was it? The 50th anniversary of the Apollo, Apollo landing, yeah. uh, Apollo 11 landing on the moon. Yeah. Um, so like it, it's got outstanding specifications, uh, you know, there's a lot of fanfare, like I say, limited run, maybe a thousand eyepieces made or something like that. Yeah. Um, I was going to pre-order and then I saw the price, which was, I don't remember like a thousand us dollars yeah. or 1200 us dollars. It was quite a bit. And I thought, well, it's probably not that special to me. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, after it was released and reading the reviews, it does sound like, you know, just a, like arguably one of the better or one of the best wide field eyepieces in that focal range. Um, so I would love to have it. Would I buy it? Probably not. It's a lot of money, but maybe, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I never say never. <laughs> For me, it's, it's going to be the Explorer Scientific 17 millimeter, 92 degree for mm -hmm. eyeglass wearers. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been so close to buying that eyepiece so many times. Um, it's just, it's a bit of money. And I always feel like I never quite have that much spare money around. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, one day I think I will, I will buy that. And as well, it's really heavy. And I feel like that once I get my observatory built, then, uh, then I, sometime that eyepiece will come along because mm -hmm. I feel like that observatory is really going to enable me to use even more of my gear. I, I just would be concerned about having the telescope set up a certain way to use such a heavy eyepiece in it. But other than that, uh, I, th I think it seems like a, a perfect eyepiece by, by all accounts uh, from people that tend to like the same sort of eyepieces I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, another one that falls into this category for me is the, uh, the two Nikon HW eyepieces. So oh, yeah. hundred degrees. They come with like a screw in Barlow. So, um, I think that it's a 17 millimeter eyepiece that then Barlow's down to 14 millimeter. Mm -hmm. And the other one I believe is like 12.5 or something. And it Barlow's mm -hmm. down to 10. So you, you buy two eyepieces, you essentially end up with four focal ranges mm -hmm. and, um, they are by all accounts outstanding. Uh, the only thing that's kept me back or, or not purchasing is the eye relief is a little short. Um, now there's conflicting reports. Some eyeglass wearers say it's too short. Some say it's just right. So 
Um, you know, that is one because of the price I would really like to look through first just because of that aspect, but, mm-hmm. um, not too many people, well, nobody I know has those. So, no. uh, probably, probably going to wait on those. That might fall into my, my next category, but, mm. uh, what's, uh, what's an eyepiece maybe you've read a lot about every mm-hmm. time there's an article mm-hmm. or anything that, uh, that you want to try, but maybe aren't on the buy board yet. Yeah, for sure. The, the Nikon HWs, um, very intrigued. Uh, the other thing that's also kept me away from buying them. And you and I have mentioned this before in our conversations is I don't always love a hundred degrees. Um, mm-hmm. in fact, I find even like the 85 degree ish eyepieces to be a little wide because that is wider than your typical field of view, just looking. So to take in the whole field of view, you then have to start looking around the eyepiece and mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure I love that. Um, you know, this is why I usually stick to the 68 to 70 degree field of view eyepieces. I just find them a little more comfortable, but, but that's just me. So what is your eyepiece that you would, uh, that you're kind of eager about, but maybe not yet ready to buy? Teleview Delight. I I wanted Mm. to try those for a long time. Um, again, I think they're around like, what is it like a 62 degree field of view or something like that. But uh, I've read lots about them. I hear they have great eye relief. I hear they're extremely sharp. I hear that some people think they have some idiosyncrasies. Sometimes those things bother me. Sometimes they don't. Um, I'm just curious about that eyepiece. Um, I feel like it would be a good uh, planetary eyepiece maybe to fit in some of the, uh, some of the slots and some of the holes that I have in my set. Um, or, uh, the Pentax 23 XW, I really would love to get that and run it against the, uh, 22 Nagler, but, mm. uh, I'm a little bit concerned about the eye relief on, uh, on that one. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what it is when it comes out. Um, you know, I, uh, during, during like the early COVID days, I ended up with a nine millimeter delight and a 15 millimeter delight. Mm-hmm. Um, the nine millimeter I had, I couldn't use the blackouts were just so intense. I, I had a real hard time positioning my eye just right on that mm-hmm. one. Um, and then, um, what I found with the 15 millimeter, I, I had a little bit of an issue with that, but if I just raised the eye cup a little bit, it was okay. Yeah. Now the issue, uh, is like, they have this strange locking system. Like you unscrew it kind of, and then you can adjust the height of the eye cup and then you screw it together. Uh, to tighten it so it stays there. Yeah. But I found just putting like squeezing the the top cap and the bottom cap on, I would no matter how tight I made that uh adjustment, I would always push down the cup uh, and mm-hmm. then I'd have to readjust it every time and it drove me nuts. So I sold the 15 as well, but I I can say that when I was observing with them like the comfort in terms of eye relief was outstanding and so yeah. was the view. Like they really were everything that I read about in terms of amazingness. Again, I think they might be good eyepieces for the observatory, but, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I'd like to try them. I'd like to get to a star party and, and give them a roll. What's one, here's sort of number 10. Maybe I should have been putting the numbers in at the start. We're at number 10 now for those keeping track that are still with us. Um, what's an eyepiece that you've tried? Maybe you've tried it many times and you're just like, why don't I own this eyepiece yet? Like it's one eyepiece you keep intending to buy. It just hasn't made its way into the case. Uh, can't or, really that's say a good question for you. You tend to buy more eyepieces than I do. Yeah. If I, if I wanted, I buy it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe let me just modify this question a bit. All I right. don't own, haven't tried, but wished I had, um, would be the Zeiss Abbey orthos. Um, okay. I've never tried them. Uh, you know, I have a love for orthos. 
Um, They are typically stated as the greatest ever. Um, There's two releases. Um, I'd be happy with either. There's a a set of them on eBay that (laughs) they've been there for quite a while because the price is ridiculous. There's I think there's five eyepieces in the set and uh, it includes like there's a 34 millimeter uh, Zeiss Abbey ortho, which is fairly rare. Um, this set includes that and maybe the 25, which is another rare one, but regardless, uh, the asking price is 8,500 us dollars. Um, so it's priced higher. Like I've never seen a set go for that much money. Like it's, uh, it's quite high. Um, they usually go, I think, closer to that five to six thousand dollar US uh, US dollar range, mm-hmm. but uh, even at that price, it's you know it's a significant investment, and uh, they don't come up often. And when they do, it's usually you know I've got other priorities. So that would be one I wished I had in the stable that I don't. What is yours? For me, it's the Nagler Thirty One. You've got it. I know other people that have it. I've used that eyepiece. Out of all the eyepieces that I've always intended to buy. I've used that eyepiece a ton and I always walk away thinking, I'm going to buy this eyepiece next week. It's a lot of money and it's heavy. And again, this is one of those eyepieces. I think that it, like I need a better home for all of my gear. If I'm going to dive into that, that, that's just, that's just that Nagler 31. I think it just is sort of like in a way that, that ultimate, um, you know, wide field, uh, eyepiece in that 30 millimeter range. Um, it is just expensive and heavy, and uh, I think that's just what, what's kept me away from it. That That's all. But one day I will own that eyepiece, without a doubt. <laughs> all right, minimal planetary. I thought th- this one's really for you, because I only have a few really minimal planetary eyepieces, sort of like minimal glass um, for high-power planetary viewing. Shane, what 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 would your pick be? Ooh, yeah, this is a tough one. Um, like I, I have uh, a number of the Vixen HRs. There's four of them. Uh, the only one I don't have is the two millimeter. I have the one six. Uh, I think it's two point eight and three point four. Um, then I have the super monocentrics from four millimeters up to six, and then I've got the eight and the ten. Might have the nine. I can't remember now. <laughs> um, Anyway, it really depends on the scene, but for the most part, I love the super monocentrics. Uh, they are fantastic. Um, you know, 30 degrees. Yeah. Not great. Don't use them in a, a Dobsonian because they don't really have that great of, uh, I shouldn't say don't use them in a Dobsonian. Don't use them in a fast telescope because the edge correction on these are terrible. Um, they really are for slower telescopes. Um, but I've used nothing better in my mind. And, um, I know the eye relief is also something that, uh, is a bit of a criticism on them, but, um, because <laughs> this is going to sound strange, maybe because the field of view is so narrow, they actually feel like the eye relief isn't that bad. And, you know, Chris, a couple of years ago, you lent me your Pentex 5.1 XO, which is mm-hmm. really tight on eye relief. Um, but I found the five millimeter, uh, super mono way more comfortable just because mm-hmm. the field of view is 20 degrees less. <laughs> so it almost like uh simulated eye relief, if that makes any sense. So, <laughs> anyway, super mono is all the way for me. For, for me, it's just the uh, Pentax 5.1XO. Uh, I keep meaning to buy the Pentax 2.5XO, so then mm-hmm. I can say I have the set. Um, but yeah, the minimal eyepiece, uh, usually short eye relief is, is difficult for me and my, my glasses needs. So 
I'm probably going to just leave it at the Pentax 5.1 for now. It's uh, it's all good. But it, every once in a while, I get like those special nights, and it's a special eyepiece for special nights. Yeah, exactly. Yep. All time favorite eyepiece. This is number twelve Ooh, for those keeping yeah, track. What's your yeah. what's your all time? You're stranded on the desert island. I don't know why you have an eyepiece with you, but you, I assume you have a telescope <laughs> and other things, and maybe some yeah. cold cuts. Yeah, yeah. A few beers. Hmm. Sounds what's like your, heaven to me. But what's your eyepiece? Yeah, especially when it's minus fifty out. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a tough one because you know sometimes you just want that wide field eyepiece, and mm. uh, you know for me, uh, probably my favorite wide field is the forty-one pan optic. Yeah. Um, but I I go back to the versatility of the Leica Zoom. Um, you know, there's uh, it's sort of cheating, I suppose, in terms of one eyepiece because uh, a Zoom is almost like multiple eyepieces. But I think if you if you left me with one, it would be the Leica Zoom, uh, just with the versatility. Mm-hmm. And yours? The Pentax 40XW. That yeah. eyepiece, just every time I use that, it blows me away. It's It was the first really expensive eyepiece I ever owned. And uh, my wife actually gave it to me as, as a wedding gift. And uh, so I've had it, you know, more than 13 years. And wow, like I took it out the, you know, the last time I was observing, I, I had it out with me, and every time I look through that eyepiece, I'm surprised at what that eyepiece uh, reveals. It just has slightly better contrast than any other wide field I've looked through, and it seems to work slightly better with uh, nebula filters than any other eyepiece I've ever used. That's just my opinion, but for me, uh, it would have to be that just because um, for me, it's often, you know, looking at really faint, large extended objects and they can be tough just to pick up in the first place. Mm-hmm. And that eyepiece is the eyepiece that kind of allows me to see things um, that sometimes I otherwise was doubting whether I was even seeing them at all. So, so for me, it's that Pentax 40 XW. I just think that's uh, one of the, one of the best all time eyepiece that have been created. Yeah, it's a wonderful eyepiece. And I still remember some of those views again, uh, like early when you moved here um, and you're, you were observing with your refractor. And as I've mentioned, that was new to me. Not many people, well, nobody around here that I really know does visual observing with refractors. And you would often have that 40 millimeter eyepiece in the, in the diagonal and the views were just always outstanding. And it really mm-hmm. got me, you know, craving those crisp, sharp views. And um, yeah no no argument for me on that eyepiece it's wonderful cool okay uh anything else to add to this episode shane no that's it chris all right well uh if you the listener enjoyed this episode we would appreciate it if you could do us a solid favor and leave leave us a five-star rating and a positive review each review increases the chances that other people like you out there will find actual astronomy in their lives at christmas and in 2023 thank you so much for your support Thank you everyone for listening and we hope you enjoyed the show. If you are interested in more information, would like to contact us, or if you would like to support the podcast, check out our website, actualastronomy.com. 